tyranny. It's as American as beer and baseball. This is the America Beer, Baseball, Tyranny podcast with your hosts, Joshua Sopko and Aaron Bloomer. Well, Josh, here we are again. It's Monday. It's a, it's a Monday. Uh, we have so many things we need to be talking about. <laughs> Is there anything going on in the news that's new? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I was just listening to Tom Woods talk about this, actually, on the way over here, uh, talking about how just even like four or five months ago, he was like, you know, I had to kind of think about what I really wanted to put in my newsletter. Mm. It just, uh, you know, after 10 years of talking about liberty, you get, it's kind of like beating the dead horse. It's like, I don't yeah. like to talk about the same things over and over. So uh, he said that the uh, the recent news cycle has been exciting for him. Yeah, I just caught uh, local news because I I got rid of local TV, or like live TV, uh, because there's no sports and so there's no point of having it, in my opinion. <laughs> what happened so to sports? Yeah, it's instead of paying $70, I've been paying like $15 a month just for Hulu with no ads or whatever. But I was at my folks' house, and I, apparently a uh, plane crashed at the airport yesterday. In Sioux Falls? Yeah. I, I guess I missed that. Can't, isn't that crazy? <laughs> so it was at like 4 in the morning or whatever, and so no one was at the airport. And so literally no one knew about it until <laughs> the like maintenance people came the next day and saw a plane no way. on the runway or whatever. Like it was, it's, I was like, what? How is there no one there? There's no one monitoring the like radio or whatever air traffic control. Like there's no air traffic control because there's no flights coming in or out. But I mean, you would think there'd be like a guy, even if he's at his house monitoring the wave where like if, cause it was an emergency this like person was supposed to fly to uh Huron and they rerouted to Sioux Falls or I don't know. Anyway. So like that was, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> um, I've been meaning to have this beer though for a little bit. My dad brought this over. I've heard, I have a neighbor that swears by it. It's all he drinks. It looks super Hawaiian. Yeah. And, uh, so, ho- uh, golden road brewing wolf pup session IPA out of LA California. So this is a, um, liberal beer, a liberal beer just cause it's in California. <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I like that. Just because it's in California. I just want to say that we drink beer from from all uh, political stances and all co- areas of the country and the world. So uh, it's an it's a pale ale, but since it's a session IPA, it's supposed to be a little bit more. The can drinkable. says refreshingly hoppy, and I can smell the hops from the moment I uh, cracked it open. So give this one a shot today. All right. While we talk about, you know, we haven't gotten enough hate. Uh, on the two or so episodes we've only talked about police and i honestly believe we haven't even started like tip the iceberg we have of, not. of police in general i also don't believe that we've said anything in the two episodes super controversial outside of the riot one where you called to burn down the ma- like <laughs> <laughs> courthouses and stuff which i suppose leave private property alone true but yeah, that was kind of our thing is like, if you're going to burn down property. Yeah. I'm not saying don't that I'm burn down property. It's not that I'm going to show up. Right. So we, I mean, you know, but this one is again, so there, there, there has been a response and I think this one's a little bit unique because I think we could potentially say that we somewhat agree with the Democrats on this, 
Um, you right? <laughs> yeah, that beer is something. All right. All right. Uh, we somewhat agree with the Democrats, which um, I don't know that I've I, we say that a whole lot, but they're calling some Democrats are calling to defund the police on a on a on a libertarian mindset. We agree with the Democrats on on many many facets. Okay, Josh. Um, <laughs> I mean, we do. So the biggest one now people are talking about um, is because uh, Minneapolis is calling their their um, city council members are calling for big changes and defunding and whatever the police disbanding disbanding. The mayor hasn't said as much because I don't know. I read some stories about it. There's really not much he can do, even though he's been very uh, vocal about how much he doesn't like the police. Um, and then of course, I mean, uh, New York is going to, uh, let's say he's going to move funding from the NYPD to youth initiatives and social services to keep while also keeping the city safe. But he has not provided any details. Uh, LA Mayor Eric Garcetti vowed to cut as much as $150 million. That was part of an increase, uh, which, like what you said, is basically nothing. It's, yeah, it's, it's a small, but it's, I mean, it's, it's it's something. Right, as, as a lot of people, it's a step in the right direction type of bullshit, but... Right, and I think that's what we're going to talk about. So uh, is it the right direction? Can it be done? Um, I found it's really hard to Google it right now because all you hear about is the the Minneapolis thing. But I tried to Google, uh, you know, have other cities disbanded or uh, replace their police departments. Camden, New Jersey is a very interesting uh, one that did. Um, and we've touched on it in a previous podcast. I believe you mentioned something about how they cut their things in, in half. We'll probably talk a little bit about that also, but also Compton, California, uh, did it in 2000. So even with that, even with a lot of the Democrats, the big Democrat metros talking about it, and it's, it's kind of a Democrat talking point right now where the Republicans are just 100% <laughs> against it lost their brains they they are using a scare tactic of oh cool well if you want crime to just explode then you just don't give the cops don't give the cops their money that's what <laughs> the republicans seen. have been saying uh but okay so i heard I, I did see a poll conducted uh that says despite calls by activists and protesters to defund police departments most americans do not support law and reducing law enforcement budgets just 16% of Democrats and 15% of Republicans say they're, they're in favor of the idea. And I think that probably is pretty accurate. I think there's a loud, my, very loud minority in favor. There's a very loud, uh, yeah, and then the rest of the Republic, the rest of the world, basically. Is yeah, they're, all, they're all just scared of their own shadows. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> so when we say defund or dismantle or whatever, what are we talking about? Or what are these people talking about? The two are not the same, defunding and disbanding, from from what I understand. Defunding, obviously, uh, it doesn't mean that they completely stop funding the police. It simply means that they're not going to give them the money that they were giving them before. Yep. So whether that means like a real reallocation, like you kind of mentioned, or it just physically means we were giving you a billion dollars a year, or, and now we're only going to give you $800 million, uh, you know, that would be defunding the police. We're giving you less money. Uh, and then disbanding appears to be a little bit different where they where they physically abolish the current system, meaning they don't have a police department reflective of what currently exists in that area or community, and then they rebuild something new. And that can look a whole variety of different ways, many of which we haven't even thought of yet. 
uh, because it's really about building community solutions, uh, which is what you'll hear the Democrats say a lot. Um, and I kind of smile about that because that's where we kind of disagree on what those solutions uh, should look like or could look like. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, those are, those are in a sense, the two uh, different types of conversations that are going on. So no, no one, um, uh, at least in these, these democratic mayors and the democratic talking figureheads, I guess you could say, no one at this point is calling for to just like get rid of police. To not have police completely is not a conversation that anybody uh, currently is having. Right. Outside of, you know, proper libertarians and anarcha, anarchists, anarcho-capitalists. Right. Anarcho-socialists, that sort of group. Right. So basically they're just restructuring it. It's a, it's a, it's a repeal and replace. Uh, disband they're taking the logical context of the definition where you if we disband this table we just get rid of the table um but there but we would a replace it with another, this table but we'd replace the table with something else uh so we disbanded the table and technically it's accurate that the table doesn't isn't here anymore but we're still going to end up with another different type of table um that suits our needs differently uh, but everybody just sees disband and they just they literally lose their mind. They say, "We, you know, good luck policing yourselves." Right. Uh, well, I think Minnesota, maybe I don't know, some of them um, talked about basically like demilitarizing. Right. Where there has been a huge push in the last ten-ish years to militarize our police forces, where they have, I mean, military gear. Yeah, um, that's, I mean, that's a whole other conversation about the racket that goes into military equipment right? Uh, ever since the war and they started not needing it or it became outdated mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is. And they're just like, oh, well, let's offer this up to uh, police departments. Right. And then there are police departments who have tanks and they get the, the, the real racket of the whole deal is that you can apply for funding for these auctions so it's just federal dollars just just cranking the wheel yeah. into this militarization bit. It's just is it's absolute insanity. So yeah, and I got into that a little bit, and I, we've said this f- forever, um, a while. I mean, we mentioned in our last episode, like somebody tried to call me out again on it, like oh, when I put up a post about why citizens should have AR-15s, but <laughs> cops shouldn't have MRAPs, IED resistant materials. It's like no, police officers shouldn't have those. No. They're not running over IDs. They don't need any of that. Like, we have seen some cops go off the absolute rails during these riots, but we've also seen cops not. Yeah. And so it's like, y- y- whether you have an MRAP or a, f- a fucking grenade launcher, you know, it's it's still how you use it. And I think that's what people are maybe trying to focus more on is, again, like we've said from, I've said from forever, it's the training. Yeah, for sure. And... I don't know if you saw this, but uh, a, 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 a police office, tr- a police department trainer out of peer yeah. was fired recently because she made an outrageously racist post on Facebook. And do you and remember what it was specifically? What she, she said? said? Yeah, I mean, I could pull it up. It was freaking crazy. It was, it <laughs> it was, was so crazy. To paraphrase, it had something to do with at this point, I don't care if they're all shot. Referring, referring to the black people. referring to black the black rioters people. yep the black rioters in Topeka Kansas or something yep and and then she got fired for that statement supposedly she quit before she made the statement got fired regardless she was a trainer to police and she made a statement that I don't really care even if she wasn't talking about black people even if she's just talking about people in general 
I, I was just kind of appalled. Like that's that's a real person who said that in yeah. public and was unashamed of it, unscared of it. And I, I just again, I, I don't know how to even process that. Again, not all police trainers are bad, Josh. Not all police, and they're you know what they're not. But again, I think it it doesn't help the the people who've gotten on me and who's gotten on who are trying to ignore the fact that how we are training our police officers is, is, is what's making what has gotten us to this point. Yeah. Um, was it you that just shared something with me about uh, how they've been trained to go home safe? Uh, every yeah, night? I sent you that uh, an excerpt from that article that I yeah. sent you. Uh, and, and one of the, the really unique features, let me pull it up. I thought that was really interesting because that actually really has kind of summed up what I've tried to say the last three flipping episodes really pretty, pretty good about, you know, they've been trained this one way forever. Yeah. And it directly relates to why there's so much aggression. And so the article that we're referring to uh, came from citylab.com. We'll share the link in the, in the uh, post uh, notes or whatever, or the episode notes. Uh, but this was about the Camden, New Jersey Police Department. And one of the things that the police officers had said, uh, it, it's turned policing poetry and his officers too, uh, have internalized it in their training. Uh, quote, the old police mantra was make it home safely, Camden police officer Tyrell Bagby told the New York Times blah, 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 in April. Uh, now we're being taught not only should we make it home safely, but so should the victim and the suspect. Just that simple switch in mentality. It's crazy. And putting that level of training into the forefront of their day from the moment they start that job, from the moment they clock in to go to work, that's the mantra of we're going home safely and so are the people that we're serving mm -hmm. are going home safely. Yeah. And you just ingrain that into them versus like protect yourself at all costs. I mean, always shoot yeah. first and we'll figure it out later. That's what, yeah. And it, that, that article has been pretty good. And yeah, I encourage you guys to click through in our, our uh, show notes and, and read it. Uh, Cause it's really interesting what they did uh, in yeah, that city. Sure. They're a tiny city, but they were the fifth highest murder rate mm -hmm. in the nation per capita. Yeah. So anyway, back to defunding. Um, so Democrats, big, big, big uh, metros, left-leaning are talking about this um libertarians have been talking about this for forever i mean Since it's 1979 a, uh republicans absolutely think it would be i mean they think it would be complete anarchy they think the world <laughs> would blow up and we would all it would just be like mad max i guess um <laughs> I like the Mad Max reference. Right. So, I've been watching some of those uh, uh, movies lately on Netflix, and they're amazing. I need to go back and watch <laughs> they're, them. They're pretty, they're pretty good and to watch what a post-apocalyptic world uh, could be envisioned right. and realize the insanity of it. Okay, let's take the stance, because uh, I think I know where you stand, but let's take the stance of just uh, gutting and fixing so we're still having a public police department because yeah, there are people who say that we don't need police at all. But let's just take the stance of what I guess, essentially Minnesota, Minneapolis has said they're going to do is they're just going to rework everything within it. They're still going to have a police department. They're still going to do, you know, what the city charter says that they need to be doing, things like that. They'll still have uh, police officers. But like, what would that or what should that look like? Well, what do I think it should look like, or what yeah. is what does Minneapolis? No, think what it do you think like? it should so, look like? Because they really haven't come out and, and given many details yet. No. So we're, we're, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of speculation. Uh, no one has really come out. Everybody's been 
pretty been pretty uh, vocal, but nobody's actually given any specifics, even outside of Minneapolis. So we're just going to kind of we'll put out there what we think it should be. So give, given the context of, of what they've been talking about, saying that they're going to disband the police, they're going to rebuild something with you know new community programs, community outreach, more job type of stuff, coming from a left-leaning city council, that already means just more social welfare programs in, in their city, which is what I think is the wrong answer in that regard. So what would the – well, give me some examples of the social wellness or what you think that they're going to push through. Well – they're going to push more jobs programs. Like we're going to help you get jobs. We're going to increase our. So how does that, why? Like, why would that be a, a function of the police department? <laughs> exactly. Okay. It's, it's going to be what they're going to do. They're going to help people uh, get jobs because getting jobs, uh, you know, increases them, gets them to work. So they're not on the street. They're not selling drugs. So it could give them. So in, in, in an effort to reduce crime, and they're going to try to get people jobs homelessness is a real sure. uh, concern out there so the police will be better equipped to deal with homeless people by getting them into jobs or finding them better shelters and things like that so okay. they're going to put money and resources and efforts i'm not saying that those things are necessarily bad mm -hmm. but as you said are they really a function of a police department or even the state itself and i contend that no those aren't functions of the state or specifically the police department so those programs shouldn't exist on a taxpayer funded level in the first place okay there's a lot of people that are like, well, you're kind of an asshole then, Josh. Well, for what? <laughs> okay. Let me, let me just, let me pause in there then. So who's, whose job is that? And, and okay. <laughs> what you're going to say is it's the person's job. It's a person's person's um, responsibility to pick themselves up. Right. And to get their own job and whatever. And or if, and if the public really wants these things to exist, there are already nonprofits that exist to do this. To, to help these individuals. Okay. So by reducing the tax burden on the people and saying you now have more money and freedom to go support those nonprofits that do a much better job than the state does, that's just statistically accurate. Sure. And I, I hear you there. Even reducing the tax burden on low-income people could be a, a massive benefit to those people. Well, that More would, money in their pockets. I mean, all, all people, but yeah. But Right. <laughs> Not rich people. I mean, rich people have enough money. So why are they being punished? I'm not. I'm not saying we don't. I'm just saying it I get, helps. The, I get what you're it saying. It helps the low income people more. I get what you're saying. Than rich people. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. So we're, not, we're gonna taxation is theft, no matter who you apply it to. So we'll just leave it at that. Wrong. <laughs> Stop it. So, okay. But okay. So back to the the funding the police. So you, you think Minnesota is going to push through some more, more social programs and and i think and i could be wrong on this based on their defunding comments that they've said i think that they're going to turn around and say look we're only going to give the police x because they're still going to have an enforcement unit um, that's that's still going to do things right um but on the social issue they're going to say look we're only going to give the enforcement people this level of our budget but the community programs, well, it turns out we need a lot more money. So we're going to need an extra $50 million or an extra $100 million in order to fund all these new programs. But it's going to keep you safer. You know, they're going to go through their whole spin. And they're going to be like, well, we just need to tax your property an extra, you know, 4 or 5% or whatever that turns out to be. 
uh, sure. so that we can fund this, but it's to keep your community safer. So that's where I think they're going to go with it when they're all said and done, because they're going to realize that these community community programs are going to cost a lot of money. And we're not oh, going to yeah. find out that they don't work for 10, 15 years right. before it comes out. It's like, well, you actually haven't made a difference. You haven't made us safer. You haven't increased uh, outcome or, you know, uh, have better outcomes on anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, we haven't really solved a problem. Yeah. There has been some interesting studies uh, on the East coast about just providing uh, an apartment to homeless people or lower income people, just giving them an apartment and how that's pulled them out of, out of poverty and things. But again, poverty doesn't equal criminal. Not everybody who's poor or lower income is a criminal. Right. Um, and so, and also are all criminals poor? I don't think that is equal. No, I'd, uh, I'd say most of the criminals are uh, rich and working for the government. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about theft? <laughs> Okay, uh, so what should we do? What sh- yeah, what should Minneapolis do? If I were Minneapolis and I had this opportunity uh, to just completely defund and disband what was going on, I would institute community level. I mean, Minneapolis is a big area. They've already broken themselves up into districts, into precincts. Did you ever look up the population of Minneapolis? The it metro was, or the city? Uh, probably the metro. The area that I think they're talking to defund is the entire metro. Excuse me. But 3.6. 3.6 million. So it's a, it's a big community with a lot of people in it. I thought it was higher than that. But either way, they've already broken themselves out into districts, into precincts. I think just giving them those districts and precincts control over the policing unit and just say, look, you guys know your areas the best. Because not every, yeah. you know, it's not a one, the 3.6 million people in the area that all are dealing with the same type of policing currently do not have the same needs. Different precincts, like the third precinct, a lot of people, the one that killed George Floyd, a lot of people are calling out that one specifically saying that they're the worst in Minneapolis. They have the most complaints, they have the most violent everything. That community, that district, that precinct area probably needs to address the problems in their area differently and uniquely compared to any of the other precincts. So if I was the city council, I'd be looking at this and say, look, uh, we're going to create some guidelines, some recommendations for you on, on what we think should happen, some baseline ideas for you guys. But really, you guys need to get together and say what's worked in the past. Right. Because um, it, it's more fluid that way too. Yeah, in, in, in a year's time, they can turn around and be like, look, we've improved outcomes in these three areas, but these other ones, things aren't working. What can we do differently? You don't have to get a city council together and make a decision for 3.6 million. You can do it for, you know, a couple, a quarter million people. Yeah. I mean, and I, mean, I think Minneapolis outcomes. is 400,000 people. Sure. Like the city is not. Right. I mean, it's not that big. It's a big city. Don't get me wrong. But right. the metro is, is, is large. And I agree with that. Uh, I know, I've heard people talking Congress is trying to put shit together. And I don't think it's going to come as a surprise that I and you fully disagree that they should stick their nose in Congre- like the federal Congress, federal not the state. No federal. The they're fuck ta- out of the way, man. Yeah. Like they're talking <laughs> this about, this is an opportunity to do something really good here. Right. There's talking about putting together. Um, and I read real quick. Well, they're going to want a task force. <laughs> Congress is going to do a task force. Yeah. It's okay. I'm from the government. I'm here to help with my task force. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I I read something that they're gonna put together some like some something, and it's just like go away. There's just, n- there's no possible way on a federal level you can. And again, this could be said for most things. 
that you could make decisions that will make sense for Minneapolis Metro and Parkston, South Dakota. (laughs) It just can't happen. And go away. But their task force, their investigate, like whatever they're going to do, they're in trying to, I only need uh, $550 billion. Right. Like, That's you, nothing. You print that by 9 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. Like, you can oh. give me a little bit of cash and we'll we'll solve the problem. No, this liquidity split. Yeah. Be okay. Easy. So, defunding then, what, what, what they should do. So, you bring it down to the, to the most local level, to the precinct level, to the community level, and let them make the decisions that work the best for them. How do you fund that, though? Who decides how much each, well, I mean, district, city, well, whatever gets? Apparently, there's charters that already exist that are county-run, that are bound by state constitution, all that sort of thing. So there's already that. Um, in that, I don't know how they can be allocated uh, specifically. But if you could get around the state charter and burn all that to the ground, like it shouldn't exist anyway, and just allow the communities be like, you know, how... Uh, and can I go into private police in this conversation? Because that's where I really want to uh, yeah. go. Okay. Well, that's where I really want to take it is that in order to fund these things, you just go to the community and be like, look, these are the solutions that we come up with. And this is yeah. uh, what it's going to cost. Um, how do we get the money? Sure. Um, and, if, and, if, and if the city council can reduce the tax burden on the taxpayers already. That, yeah, absolutely. And now, now you've freed up the districts, you know, these local areas to be like, okay, so now like you have a little bit more money. You can, I mean, I don't advocate for this, but they can create property tax type of things. Who, can, the city can? The, the city the, can. The, the, the different precincts. Sure. Or they could, lot, I mean, there's lots of ways. I would opt to, I would vote for an opt-in type program where uh, people would voluntarily fund the system themselves. Right. Which people are already they've we've already lost them anyways because they think that nothing I say will work. But well, government's the only solution. I think at least, um, at least bringing it down to a local, minuscule type level is is what has to happen. Um, and I mean more besides- freedom on how they can spend their money. So uh, another thing that I for, that I forgot to mention that the city council could do, even even on a broad strokes three point six million, but like a whole metro area, the city council could easily, and this this is where I think they'll screw it up the most, is the city council could easily just in one broad strokes look at the current laws on the books and just decriminalize them all, or or the ones that are nonviolent laws. Mm, they could yeah. decriminalize you know marijuana. They could decriminalize all sorts of things. They, they can't make them legal because of state law precedent type of thing. But they could look through and just say, we're not going to enforce 90% of the laws in the books. Yeah. And we're just going to give that direction across the board. That automatically, instantly reduces all the touch points with police, all the interactions with police that, that, that have reasonable ways of gain, being escalated to a point where a George Floyd incident happens or a shooting or abuse or whatever else. And it would be as simple as that would, yeah. would ease. And this is what Arizona has done too. And a lot of communities in Arizona have done this. They've just simply, they focused on better training and they've reduced uh, the laws that they're going to enforce in the books. So, I mean, most likely Minnesota is going to legalize marijuana here in the, the fall election. 
Yeah, I think that it's uh, possible. If so not then, probable. what is what happens then with? And I, I'm sure there's a lot up for debate yet. But what happens to all those people that are in jail for? Yeah, that hasn't. Do that, they like what happens in the other states that 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 I know of? Most states have not addressed that until after the law is passed. Then then they then they try to bring about new legislation that says you know individuals that these that meet this criteria are immediately released or you know their sentences are cut in half that sort of thing. Sure, um, but it's a huge 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 issue for sure. Interesting. Yeah, that's super interesting and annoying and frustrating and maddening. Yeah, it doesn't. It's just. It seems like if if you were in jail for marijuana, anything, and then they, <laughs> and then it becomes legal. Yeah. There are people that are sitting in jail right now uh, that were caught. You know, with an with an ounce or you know a, a single cigarette weed violation, and uh, they got the book thrown at, and they're serving ten years. And yeah. a year after they went to jail. It became legal in their state, and they still have nine years to go. That's crazy. So, um, okay. So, what about if uh, the the libertarian stance of just getting rid of police? And this is going to be another episode because, but I want you to touch on it because I know um, uh, privatized police is 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 another episode. But I know I want you to touch on it a little bit as a as another option. This is the way. Okay. As the uh, what's the Star Wars guy, Yoda? No, the yeah, whatever. On Net, no Disney Plus mm-hmm. starts with an M. Ma, ma. What does Disney Plus have to do with this? <laughs> the new Star Wars show. Oh, the guy, and he says this is the way. You haven't seen it. You lame. You're not cultured like me. Oh right, because you obviously are a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> watched it because there's enough memes i was like man i should see what's going on so i watched it anyway privatized police is is the libertarian stance eh, for the most part and defunding disbanding new training measures things like that are are also good but privatizing police automatically removes the and and this is another key topic i'll talk about is accountability that something that the Minneapolis is going to struggle with no matter what they end up with. But privatizing police removes the incentive to protect the state. When the state is, is being threatened, they protect their, their customer, their clients first and foremost, and privatized police increases accountability. So that reason, but the plan with that, or the over kind of the general broad idea is that there would be no state funded, uh, government police so police as we know it from your cops that drive around in cars and pull people over all the way up to detectives and dci and all that would not exist as we know it however if uh my neighborhood wants to be protected we would then get together or my city even would we would get together with a private company that provides this type of service and then they would, uh, we would pay them, and they would provide the service. Yep. Just as if I wanted any other service, I guess you could say. Yep. Okay, so... Um, so under the quick accountability thing, uh, where I think Minneapolis is going to screw up, or, or really that they're going to have a hard time overcoming, is holding their current officers accountable. Because that goes through you know state and federal courts. And so that's qualified immunity that I'm talking about, um, legal immunity, judicial immunity, all of that stuff plays into what I'm talking about, which is basic accountability. 
that doesn't happen with private police. But the problem that Minneapolis is gonna is gonna have that even when cops do screw up, they're still protected. You know, one one of the other things that they can do to get rid of is just say uh, we're not gonna allow police unions, at least police unions in the way that we allow them now currently. Yeah. Um, what if they just removed all that and all of that goes away with private police? But what if they just, uh, when they're dismantling and doing all these things, they just take away that stuff? They could remove uh, police unions. They can't take away qualified immunity. Why? Because that's a that's a that's a state and federal Supreme Court precedent uh, that was created out of thin air, and 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 the city can't just remove that. At best, at best, the state could create new doctrine to nudge the Supreme Courts along on this. Uh, but qualified immunity is not going to go away anytime soon. I'm trying to find something here on Facebook that I saw that I on the book of faces. Right. So that means I'll probably never find it. But <laughs> Facebook it was, search is terrible. It was basically a um, it was a post about you know like these are the things that we support type of deal, um, but it was very like if if it was stuff like. The uh, the internal review piece shouldn't be internal. It should right. be external. There should be people that are not your boss and your you know your coworker determining if you did a good job or not. And and these are things that police unions have typically set up to be a part of their policy. And that is something uh, that would that would be a great move for the Minneapolis police or the Minneapolis City Council to do is to revamp the city union system city union system but don't those are those all uh on contracts and things yeah i mean if they disbanded the police department that when they build new ones they say we're not going to allow uh unions but unions are a big deal in a lot of these states because they protect the employees here, 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 here okay here's your boy justin amish end qualified immunity and civil asset forfeiture, and the drug war, and overcriminalization, and no-knock warrants, and a militarization of police, and mandatory minimums. Now, read that again with this after each one of them. That's, that's awesome. Do right. that. So There's uh, me with a six-shooter, just pow, 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 like Elmer Fudd. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, why? Wh- okay, so obviously qualified immunity, I get it. But, like, what if Minneapolis just said, boom. So they could end the drug war by just decriminalizing basically most of the, and they could get rid of the asset forfeiture. They could overcriminalization. They could do that based on training. They can't get rid of civil asset forfeiture because that's typically under state law. They can they can rework how civil asset forfeiture looks like in their town or their district in their town and how no it's warrants. They can end the militarization. No mandatory minimums is probably a state thing. Yes. So, but again, if you can you can work around that. Yes. You could decriminalize things Mm -hmm. to get around the minimum stuff. So, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I think what if, what if Minneapolis did that? Yeah. Perfect. Please. Please listen to the podcast. We're still keeping, uh, please. Mm -hmm. So that's okay then? Well, I mean, it's still police paid for, uh, through theft, but I mean. It's better out. It will produce better outcomes from police, which is really the goal, right? Also, I 
So I know there's some people, and this is definitely more of a liberal thing than 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 a conservative thing. If we're gonna, you know, cut it left and right, but like, why can't we just help our help our neighbors? Why can't why can't these social probably social uh, ideas and these social programs that Minneapolis most likely is going to come up with? Why why is that so negative? Why can't we just say, hey, if I've if I'm in excess. Um, why can't I just take some of my excess and help out a neighbor of mine? That's, that's how it used to work out in the territories back before formalized government existed. And there was no publicly funded police, uh, you know, sheriffs weren't really a thing. Then, uh, people handled law enforcement themselves in a actually very civilized way. Everybody thinks to like territories like the 1820s or 18, even through the 1880s. It was just the Wild West. It was a bunch of savages just killing people and walking away. And that's really all Hollywood drama style business right there. I mean, literally the term Wild West was created for Hollywood. Right. Because it wasn't wild enough in actuality. So when there was a crime in a town... Well, they're telling a story and they're trying to get people to watch and read it. So they're going to embellish things. And, but, but we've then, grabbed hold but as... people are like, oh, that's that's real life now. That's right. right which makes right. no sense because you would do that in virtually nothing else. Anyway. So when there was, there was a crime in a community, whether it be a murder or a theft or something like that, the community typically banded together and like, well, we don't, we don't, I don't want this crime to come to my house. I don't want somebody to come murder my... Um, you know, husband, wife, kids, or steal my cattle or ranch or, you know, rob my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to make sure that we, that we catch this person and the community does that. They catch that person. They typically put them on some sort of trial. Um, again, this was without a formalized government, yet they still maintained a level of law and citizenry uh, that worked really well. A lot of people opposed becoming a state. The only people that really wanted to be a state was those who were ended up in control of the state after it became a state. Right. which is kind of the whole goal. Like, ah, this this territory thing isn't working for me, so uh, if I can be in power, you know, like of Sam Adams was the same way. He was big into revolutionary stuff, and then, uh, well, there's a constitution. Well, I'll be a senator then and uh, have all control. So yeah. <laughs> historically, that's exactly what worked. And now I had this conversation with someone earlier this morning on Facebook too that people said, well, they all believed the same things. They were all super religious. Um, they had the Ten Commandments, and yeah, there's obviously issues with that system by and large, and I'm not advocating that we just go to a solely community-run system without any sort of structure, uh, hence private police is why I'm, I'm thinking that should be a thing. But the fact is that there was citizenry, there was good outcomes, better outcomes that worked well without having pr- like a formal public tax fa- taxpayer-funded police department. Historically, that's how that used to work, as neighbors did help neighbors. So you're saying we can do that even if we don't have police? Yes. But it all comes back to taxes. Yeah. I mean, somebody is going to want to take money to build something that they can have control over because everybody's just a a sociopathic, power-hungry, egotistic asshole. Not everyone. (laughs) Anybody that that wants that type of thing sure yeah okay well mostly democrats but i mean outside of that (laughs) (laughs) okay um i don't know so the the real point is is that if you remove police and you see an uptick in crime like i'm I'm talking just just removing them all completely and say well you know and and I, i made that comment somewhere else too that 
even if the city council said, you know what, fuck it, I'm out. You guys figure it out. Obviously, we screwed it up. Just do your own thing. Naturally, people would band together and create ways to keep their communities safe. That's just historically accurate. Well, look at even, I mean, on a minuscule level, look at uh, the people in the Sioux Falls riots, the downtown police who hired security yeah. to stand outside while the police wasn't there. Which is an interesting point because here we're told that the police are there to protect and serve us. And then all of a sudden a riot happens. People are like, just stand down. Just let them burn it all. It's like, well, well that's, what, that's what we're paying you for. On what level? And I understand why they, why they right. can't, you know, fight back, whatever. But it's like, if, if, you were, if you were doing your job effectively, I shouldn't have to protect my own property. Which is another another fact and point into this entire thing that we've we've passed on our own responsibility to keep ourselves and our families and our businesses and our properties safe, and we said, "Hey, the police will do it for me." Right. That's not that's not ever been their job. That's constitutionally or, or Supreme Court has backed that up that they are not there to protect and serve. They have no constitutional obligation to put their lives on the line for another person in the duty of their job. It's sure it's in their sworn. Oh, that's just a bullshit thing they say on TV to make it sound better. Right. So you give them more money because, like I said, everybody is scared of their own shadow. Well, I think there are some people who, um, whether they can or cannot, don't believe that they can protect themselves or their family. Which is a problem. You should address that problem. Right. In, in one manner or another, whether that's, that's, that's hiring security or or creating alliances in your community to make sure that you're protected there. Because again, if, if, if you're vulnerable and or, or three houses on your block are all vulnerable and don't have protection and crime hits there, that crime is just creeping up closer and closer to your house. The community doesn't want that. Yeah. And the community will create solutions to prevent that. And there's infinite numbers of ways that that could happen without a taxpayer-funded option. Yeah, I think um, I think in, in overall it makes sense. I think uh, um, it, can't, it can't be one sweeping thing. It, like it, it, it will never n- can be. It can't be though, but just from a, just from a, just from a, just th- that can't happen. <laughs> from just a logical standpoint, right. it doesn't even make sense. That a, that a group of nine people can sit in a room and make decisions for 3.6 million people and think that their solutions are going to work is absurd. Yeah. And then that just increases uh, upwards from there. You get 100 senators in a room, and they're the ones that can, that can stop or pass laws that affect 330 million. Yeah. I mean, really? Still trying to find this exact thing, and I'm never going to find it, so I don't know why I'm doing it. But <laughs> what I thought was interesting, and we'll end on this, is out of all this, somebody posted on Twitter, this Leon, Leonidas Johnson, and it was posted on the Liberty and Conservatism, Conservatism Facebook page. How can you possibly look at this debacle happening with our government and think to yourself, man, these people should be in charge of my health care? <laughs> That's good stuff. (laughs) Boom. That is good. Is this beer good? Oh, no. 
Man, not a fan. I had, I had higher expectations uh, because it's, I don't know why, but it's gotten. Uh, so is, is what is a session IPA? Is that a thing? Yeah. So it's like, it's a, it's an Indian pale ale. So it's a hoppy beer, but a, any session beers are both supposed to be easier to drink. So you can drink for them for a session for a longer oh. period. So you can drink like a multiple. There are literally beers out there that you can have like one and you're just like, that was enough, <laughs> you know? And so you want to be able to drink more than one. Um, a session ale or there's session porters or there's session stouts, things like that. So this is an IPA. I really, I think it's just they took like a very mediocre IPA and then just watered it down. Yeah. Kind of what it tastes like to I'd me. I'd go with that. With a wildly aromatic citrus character. Uh, I don't buy it. I wouldn't say it's wildly aromatic. <laughs> it's very kind of blah. Honestly, I don't know why. I mean, my neighbor loves this stuff. My dad is, loves this stuff, too. I just I like know. the fun can. It's a cool can. Uh, how many Liberty Steins? Oof, two and a half. Yeah, I'll be going two and a half, too. Yeah, glad we agree. It's probably the first time we've agreed on something so poor. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, I give it a low and you give it a higher. True. Something in between, so. True, I, I get to there. Cool. Well... We've got some things going on. Uh, we've got some things in the hopper on what we're going to talk about. For some reason, I mean, we're going to record a podcast about the Third Amendment. 3A. Which is... Th- no quartering I, soldiers uh, in wartime or peace. Raise your hand if you honestly know what the Third <laughs> Amendment is. I've always known what it is. No, I know you do, but I've always, people watching. I've always given it uh, just no time of day because in no world... In 2020, would that be relevant? Right. So we've debated something on that. Um, I honestly put the kind of the kibosh on it until it actually be, if it <laughs> becomes a thing or if we just get bored and there's something else to talk about. Um, man, this this the stuff in Minneapolis keeps getting crazier. We're going to have an election coming up. I, wa- I really want to have kind of talk about Joe Biden as a candidate. Oh, and if you guys. Uncle Joe. Well, and more along the lines of that article I sent you today about if you think that electing Joe Biden is going to help what just happened in Minneapolis and then the riots and then all this other, this other stuff, you are sadly mistaken, in my personal opinion. Anyway, so <laughs> there's other things. If you think Joe Biden's going to do anything that's going to help anything, you are sorely mistaken. So there's that take as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so check us out, beerbaseballtyranny.com. Uh, like our Facebook page, follow us on the tubes, on the YouTube. Uh, we put up stuff there. Also, subscribe if you're listening to this on the audio only version. Please subscribe there as well so you get notified when we put a new one of these bad boys out. And let um, us know what you think. We're gonna put some new merch out. We're gonna, I'm gonna kick. Kick Josh every time I see him, and he doesn't. We don't have three a shirt. We're gonna have a three a shirt three coming a out. Supporters. We also might do a. Sh- I really want to do a shirt after this conversation Josh had t- earlier today. Steve, good old. What did he say again? Don't condescend me, boy. Don't condescend me, boy. I love that. That's so funny. So, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. All right, man. Take care. <laughs>